Okay. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. 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 Thank you for coming back to our Bhagavad Gita discussion group. And we're going to be looking at the first section of chapter one, which Roy John Prabhu has organized as contain, including texts one through twenty-seven. But if you turn to Bhagavad Gita as it is, the first, uh, you know, the first verse in the orange edition, it should be. Well, in my edition, it's text. Let's forget the page number thing. Just we'll just go by verses since. We have different editions. So if you look on the right side of the page, there's the beginning of the chapter. On the left side, oh, and also, we're going to be, so I can uh, control the traffic flow, <laughs> I'm going to be instituting a raise your hand system. So, and then even if you raise your hand first, if I see that others haven't participated, maybe I'll call on someone else anyway. But I'm going to be the the traffic Ishwara, <laughs> the traffic control guy. So, uh, yeah, so don't, don't just speak, just raise your hand. And on the left side of the page, we have something very interesting. It's called the disciplic succession, which was the subject of a lot of curiosity when Prabhupada first came out with his Gita. Actually, it wasn't Prabhupada, it was Macmillan, publishing house. And they agreed to, they needed a Gita. So they agreed to publish Prabhupada's Gita to fill out their, they had something on the Upanishads, something on Vedanta, and they wanted a Gita. Okay, we're competing with Dale. Um, so they took, this is just Chris's arrangement. A devotee was right in Macmillan's building at the time when uh, a devotee was trying to get McMillan to take the Gita, and then the guy said, we need a Gita! You know, this is Chris's arrangement. But, they were so afraid it wouldn't sell much the way Prabhupada handed in this 1,000-page manuscript, <laughs> and it was mammoth. So they insisted that he cut it down to one-third the size, and even then McMillan goofed up, they could put the purports to wrong verses, and but still, enough of Prabhupada and Krishna's potency came through in that early Macmillan edition. It was a purple paperback with a black edition silhouette, which the BBT has reprinted as kind of a commemorative vintage edition since then. But anyway, uh, so the devotees, they, had, they finally had a book. They had a Bhagavad Gita. Then it was, can you imagine, no books? 66, 67, most of 68, finally in the last couple of months of 68. Teachings of Lord Chaitanya came out, which was a compilation of Prabhupada's talks, lectures on Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, actually. So it became uh, like a summary study of CC, and then almost simultaneously, shortly thereafter, the Gita came out. So they had two books all of a sudden. So in the Gita, then the devotees turned to the page, pages, and then they saw this 
disciplic succession. And so we started, the only way to communicate with Swamiji, no, they were, they were calling him Prabhupada by then, with Prabhupada, uh, in those days was write him a letter. That was the way Prabhupada launched, exploded, maintained, sustained the movement on these, on these there's almost 7,000 letters in the archives. It's quite a study in, in how someone, how you can manage like this. This is before email, fax, telex. It was just letters. And phone calls were, both, for the most part, prohibited. They were expensive, long-distance calls in those days. So, uh, so the devotees, so what is this disciplic succession? So Prabhupada had to answer their questions, and, um, and one question they had was, how come Arjuna is not on the list here? Look, Krishna, Brahma, Narana, Vyas. Now if you go Krishna, that's Krishna, the origin. Then Brahma, this is the dawn of creation, right? The Narada Muni, also way back in antiquity. But then from three to four, you jump, you know, eons to Vyasadeva. Vyasadeva is, is only 5,000 years ago which is just a blink compared to eons. So, so Vyas was on the planet at the time of Krishna and Arjuna. So then one devotee said, so where's Arjuna in the list? He's our hero in Bhagavad Gita. So where is he? And Prabhupada said, yes, Arjuna heard Krishna directly sing Bhagavad Gita, but we're in the line of Lord Chaitanya. So Lord Chaitanya, who was also an avatar of Krishna, was always preaching Bhagavad Gita. So Krishna said, surrender unto me. Lord Chaitanya said, surrender unto Krishna. Lord Chaitanya is Krishna in the mood of a devotee. So it's the same thing. And Prabhupada gave the example of if you have a big, wide oak tree, a big spreading oak with many branches, and then you go to this side of the tree and you pluck a leaf, and you examine it, and then you pluck a leaf from another branch way on the other side, and you examine the characteristics. Prabhupada used the word taste. You'll see the taste is the same. And so, uh, and then Prabhupada quoted a, a, an axiom for mathematics. Things equal to the same thing are equal to each other. So if Arjuna is surrendered to Krishna, and Lord Chaitanya is preaching surrender to Krishna, it's the same thing. So don't get hung up. And, and then Prabhupada said, uh, to be in the disciplic succession does not mean one has to be a disciple of a particular guru. It's not all about uh, who you're taking initiation from. It's, uh, he said, to follow the disciplic succession means to follow the disciplic conclusion. So that's what it really means to be in the disciplic succession. Uh, because look, Krishna Brahmana, you can't list you know, everybody who's ever been initiated and everybody who's been instructed in, in, a, learning, in a little list on a page. So this, what this list is, according to Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he calls this the Bhagavat Parampara. Bhagavat means uh, people who are following the instructions of the Bhagavatam. So it's a, it's a line of prominent shiksha, shiksha guru, instructors. And then you get all the way down to number 30, and Bhakti Siddhanta compiled this, and so he's number 31. And then Prabhupada, by the time he published this book, Lord Chaitanya 
had revealed to him. Because when Prabhupada came to America in 65, the last thing from his mind was starting some new discipline, some, some new uh, thing, some new institution. He just wanted to revive what his spiritual master had started, the Gaudiya mission, the Gaudiya Mutt. But And he wrote all those letters to his godbrothers, but nobody helped him. They, you know, they were, there was still too much bad blood from what happened in the 1930s. They were fighting over who owns the assets of the institution. And so that same spirit of fighting and non-cooperation hadn't gone away by the 60s. They didn't, they didn't help him. So Prabhupada was, he was forced. Lord Chaitanya revealed to him later, late 65 when he came, early 66, you know, for 10 months. Prabhupada was on his own, living around, living like a, a vagabond. Prabhupada said, I was living like a vagrant, a vagabond, <laughs> in the Bowery and different places, different people's apartments, and different, in Dr. Mishra's ashram. So uh, Lord Chaitanya revealed to Prabhupada in those 10 months that he would have to start a new branch of the Sampradaya. It's not a new Sampradaya, it's the Gaudiya. And this, this list, technically speaking, it's the, Brahm, it's the Brahma, Madhva, Gaudiya Sampradaya. Because Brahma is the original guru of our Sampradaya. I mean, before Krishna, if you take guru to mean uh, a median between us and Krishna. And then way down, a number, uh, so it says, Ma, yeah, Mag, no, that says Madhva. No, but that's... Oh, Madhva, you're right. Okay, so that's also a big leap from Vyas, because Vyas is 5,000 years before, and Madhva is only like, you know, 1100s to 1200s. It's like 4,000 years later. So what Bhakti Siddhanta was doing was he was, this leap, he was giving the prominent Shiksha gurus in the Brahma Madhva, and there's a lot of Madhva, Madhvites listed. In this, all the after Madhva, after five, you see many until you're going to get to number 20. Madhavendra Puri. That's the, the dawn of the uh, Gaudiya. Because Madhavendra Puri, he was in the line of Madhvas, but then he was, he was the first to introduce Madhurya Rasa, the, the mood of that you can have God as your conjugal lover. Because if you go to Udupi, where the Madhvites are based in South India, they can't relate to conjugal love. There's nothing about gopis. There's Krishna and Arjuna, and they, they go as high as sakyaras, friendship. But Madhavendra Puri, he introduced Madhurya, and then Ishwara Puri was his disciple, and then Lord Chaitanya chose to take initiation from him. So everybody after, you know, starting with Madhavendra Puri, all the way down to Prabhupada, then we're in the Gaudiya line of that Brahma Madhva, the Gaudiya aspect, the, the Sampradaya, once Lord Chaitanya comes in, it takes a very intimate, esoteric turn. So then, people seeing this list, even today, I'm part of this group called Sabah, and so somebody asked in our uh, chat group, they said, well, what if, after the disciplic succession stops with Prabhupada? So I said, no, no. But Prabhupada, he humbly added himself there because the Lord, by circumstances, 
obliged him to make a clean break from all that fighting and, and non-cooperation from the Gaudiya mind and start a fresh branch of the Gaudiya Sampradaya. So Iskand is Prabhupada's creation to carry on the, the Gaudiya uh, line, the Gaudiya Sampradaya, if you will, subset of the Sampradaya. Um, with himself as forever as the founder acharya, but then after, w- once you once the founder acharya leaves the planet, then you don't replace the founder acharya. What you do is you cooperate to carry on his mission, worship his murti, like we do with Guru Puja, study his literature. And Prabhupada himself was asked, after you, who? After you, who? And then Prabhupada would invariably answer, you will all do. And then Prabhupada would quote Lord Chaitanya, Yare Dako, whoever you meet, Tarekaha, uh, tell them, Krishna Upadesh, tell them Krishna's word, his instructions, his wishes, his desires. Amara Gyai Guru Hanya, by my order, Mahaprabhu says, you be a guru. You have received shelter, now you give shelter as a guru. Tare Desh, and save this place, this Desh, as much as our capacity. At least save ourselves by, you know, uh, by following. And then, according to your capacity, you, you give shelter as, as a guru. And, but you always feel yourself a fool, of course, be, before your own guru. So it's not that, the succe- not that the disciplic succession stops with Prabhupada just because he's the last on the list. But actually it expands unlimitedly because Prabhupada was so surrendered and therefore empowered to preach Krishna consciousness, he spread it all over the world. And he wants everybody to be guru following Lord Chaitanya's mood. So it's really, in a sense, you could say uh, where it begins in in the worldwide sense because Prabhupada just broke open the storehouse of Lord Chaitanya's love of God. Uh, mood, and he just traveled all over the world and spread it. So we are in the disciplic succession, but we don't. We're not one of these big, you know, prominent. Yes. Why isn't Kapila Dave on the list? Um, <clears throat> well, yeah, and it's funny. Kapila Dave, for that matter, he's a Mahajan. There's twelve in the sixth canon. There's twelve great authorities listed by Yavaraj. And Kapilade is one of them. Well, it's kind of like the question I brought up in the beginning when, when the devotees said, Why are how come Arjuna is not in the list? Mm. Because you can't list everybody, and specifically Bhakti Siddhanta was just drawing a line. Okay, first you get you get the Brahma of Sampradaya, so it's Krishna, Brahma, Narada, and Vyas was Narada's disciple, and then Madhva. But Madhva, he was he was, relatively speaking, not long ago. He was less than a thousand years ago. And he took that Brahma Sampradaya in this, in this direction of, of really being on a crusade against impersonalism, you know, with this, with this too. So after Madhva, you get all these famous Madhvite gurus, you know, uh, all the way up to 20, where it's Madhavendra Puri, and then, again, he starts... He was great too, but he starts <clears throat> not so. I don't know if it's so much preaching conjugal, but he was in that mood. So uh, yeah, why aren't so many? Uh, it's it's as Prabhupada answered that person. You, um, 
You just said. You can't have. You can't list everybody. But actually, he just said. He didn't even say that. He just said, "Yes, Arjuna accepted Krishna as the supreme personality of Godhead, as we'll hear in the tenth chapter, text 12, 12 to thirteen. And Lord Chaitanya accepted. So he immediately, Prabhupada was going. He was going from Krishna and Arjuna right, right over to Godia, the Godia folks that he was in. He was in that Godia line." Uh, and he was saying, look, things equal to the same thing are equal to each other. We're all surrendering to Krishna. That's what Lord Chaitanya preached. Did you have a question? I just, I just, I just about to ask you this. I heard somewhere, I think I'm going to say it or something, wasn't Madhva, Madhva actually, wasn't, didn't Vyas appear to him or something like that? Uh, yeah. He, like, he was actually a disciple of Vyas. Vyas is the incarnation of the Lord, so he can appear at any time. Yeah, no, but not... See, you see, this is a shiksha line. It's not that we're saying, and like Prabhupada said in the letter, it's not, to be in the disciplic succession doesn't mean you have to be a, 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 a formal, official disciple of a certain person. You have to, but you have to accept the disciplic conclusion. And that's what it means to be in the disciplic succession. So yeah, there was a, a relationship between uh, Vyas and Madhva. Uh, I'm just trying to remember... Yeah, right at the end. <laughs> See, because Madhva actually was also a very special person because he was an incarnation of, of Vayu, the wind god. And when he disappeared, he was leaving, and his disciples, he was saying, now don't try to follow me, just let me leave. So he was leaving, he was walking away. He wasn't on a deathbed, he was just walking. And then they started following him. And then he started, like, like in the Superman story, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound, he started bounding. He started, you know, going like superhuman steps. And then he was going to actually Badarik Ashram to see Vyas. That's where Vyas to this day resides. Um, yeah, he's in meditation. Okay, so I don't want to take up the whole time with that, but just because it's opposite the first page of uh, the Gita, as it is, I wanted to take a look at that. So we actually, we're all supposed to be in the disciplic succession. Yes, Lavanya. So just to clarify, when you're saying these are just the main, it's like the main shikshigurus. Yes, the main preceptors. That doesn't mean that 19 was the guru of 20, you know, formally, officially, diksha, like that. Although there are, that does happen, because, yeah, Madhavendra was the guru of Vishwapuri and Lord Chaitanya. Um, but then it gets, you know, you'll see again, if you know anything about who took initiation from whom, those were not, this is not a diksha line. Yeah, just, yeah, just like a bhakti vinod and Jagannath Yeah, right. Yeah, there's bhakti vinod and Gorky Shore was a shiksha disciple of bhakti vinod actually. And, yeah, right. So Gorky Shore and, uh, Bhaktisiddhanta and Prabhupada, and now we're all, now it's just like, it's all over the world, and, you know, Prabhupada said we need millions of gurus, <laughs> so you can't list millions of gurus on a piece of paper, but that's what Lord Chaitanya wants, and therefore Prabhupada said that too. And as long as we're teaching the same message, even though the details of how we introduce it according to time, place, and circumstances will differ. 
if the essence of the message is the same, then it's the same disciplic succession. Brahma, Madhva, Godiya. Godiya means uh, coming from Lord Chaitanya's line because he appeared in, in Bengal. Godiya is the name for Bengal. Huh? Godiya is the name for Bengal. Godiya, Godadesh. Um, this, this is in. It's a little tricky there. It's not exactly equivalent, but if you look at CC chapter 1, I think it's text 19, the spiritual master's chapter. Prabhupada devotes a paragraph to what it means, Godiya and Godadesh. Uh, raise your hand. You're going to raise your hand? What? Okay. Okay, let's get to it. I just want to, together, for the sake of um, the power of mantra, group mantra, I wanted to recite uh, text 1 through 27, which was the homework, to read text 127, verse and purport, and then we'll go from there. So, should we do both Sanskrit and English? Is that too much? We're reading all 27 verses. Yeah, that might be too much. Huh? Why don't we just do the English? Okay. All right. Because <laughs> we're all native English speakers. Okay. Dhritarashtra said, O Sanjaya, after my sons and the sons of Pandut assembled in the place of pilgrimage at Kurukshetra, Desiring to fight, what did they do? Sanjaya said, O king, after looking over the army arranged in military formation by the sons of Pandu, King Duryodhana went to his teacher and spoke the following words. O my teacher, behold the great army of the sons of Pandu, so expertly arranged by your intelligent disciple, the son of Drupada. To mark the verses, I'll just say text 4. Here in this army are many heroic bowmen, equal in fighting to Bhima and Arjuna, great fighters like Yudhana, Virat, and Drupada. My God, there's a misprint in my book. It says, it doesn't say fighters. It says twice in 35 and 36. Oh, it's just a little light light out. It's yeah, it is fighters, but it's part of the letter is missing. What did you say? For mine, it has an M with the dot above it instead of is the that, That's what. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay. Yeah, and you're right. And it does it again in another verse. Okay. In the verse seven. Ah, okay. Text five. There are also great heroic, powerful fighters like Dristiketu, Chekitana, Kasiraja, Purujit. Kunti Bhoja and Shaivya 7. But for your information, O best of the Brahmanas, let me tell you about the captains who are especially qualified to lead my military force. 8. There are personalities like you, Bhishma, Karna, Kripa, Ashvatama, Vikarna, and the son of Somadatta called Bhurishvava who are always victorious in battle. Nine. There are many other heroes who are prepared to lay down their lives for my sake. All of them are well equipped with different kinds of weapons, and all are experienced in military science. Ten. 
Our strength is immeasurable, and we are perfectly protected by Grandfather Bhishma. Whereas the strength of the Pandavas, carefully protected by Bhima, is limited. 11. All of you must now give full support to Grandfather Bhishma as you stand at your respective strategic points of entrance into the phalanx of the army. 12. Then Bhishma, the great valiant grandsire of the Kuru dynasty, the grandfather of the fighters, blew his conch shell very loudly, making a sound like the roar of a lion, giving Duryodhana joy. 13. After that, the conch shells, drums, bugles, trumpets, and horns were all suddenly sounded, and the combined sound was tumultuous. 14. On the other side, both Lord Krishna and Arjuna, stationed on a great chariot drawn by white horses, sounded their transcendental conch shells. 15. Lord Krishna blew his conch shell, called Panchajanya. Arjuna blew his, the Devadatta, and Bhima, the voracious eater and performer of Herculean tasks, blew his terrific conch shell, called Kamra. Can we stop it and like and ask questions? Uh, can you? We're just we're just gonna just to go through. For yeah, just okay. I'll then wait. then I think that's the next thing I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. Um, so let's just finish the up to 27, 16 through 18. King Yudhisthir, the son of Kunti, blew his conch shell, the Anantabijai, and the Kula and Sahadev blew the Sugosha and Manipushpaka. That great archer, the king of Kashi, the great fighter, Shikandi, Dhrishtadyumna, Virata, the unconquerable Satyaki, Drupada, the sons of Draupadi, and others, O king, such as the mighty arms, son of Subhadra, all blew their respective conch shells. <clears throat> the blowing of these different conch shells became uproarious, vibrating both in the sky and on the earth. It shattered the hearts of the sons of Dhritarashtra. 20. At that time, Arjuna, the son of Pandu, seated in the chariot bearing the flag marked with Hanuman, took up his bow and prepared to shoot his arrows. O king, after looking at the sons of Dhritarashtra, drawn in military array, Arjuna then spoke to Lord Krishna these words. So this is, this is uh, the first time you hear the name Krishna. He's addressing Krishna. Arjun said, oh, it's 21, 22. Arjun said, O infallible one, please draw my chariot between the two armies so that I may see those present here who desire to fight and with whom I must contend in this great trial of arms. 23. Let me see those who have come here to fight, wishing to please the evil-minded son of Dhritarashtra. 24. Sanjaya said, O descendant of Bharat, having thus been addressed by Arjuna, Lord Krishna drew up the fine chariot in the midst of the armies of both parties. 25. In the presence of Bhishma, Drona, and all the other chieftains of the world, the Lord said, Just behold, Bharata, all the Purus assembled here. 26. There, Arjuna could see within the midst of the armies of both parties, his fathers, grandfathers, teachers, maternal uncles, brothers, sons, grandsons, friends, and also his fathers-in-law and well-wishers. 
27, and this is the last verse. When the son of Kunti, Arjuna, saw all these different grades of friends and relatives, he became overwhelmed with compassion and spoke thus. So it's a natural dividing point when Arjuna starts expressing his doubts. So Elijah had a question. Yes, yeah, so this is about verse 15. It's talking about the uh, shells of Krishna and Arjuna. Mm. And, and everyone else has like shells of names and things. Is that to be understood like uh, the names like mean something symbolic like yeah, I'm sure they do. Well, Panchajanya, yeah, actually, that's, thanks for that question, because actually, um, when you read the purports to these verses, and also when you read the comments by Borijan in his study guide, you learn a lot of historical background. And then these, these names, they take on, you know, mean, more meaning, because they become people with histories. And... Uh, you, know, you get to know who's who and what's what and why they did what and why there's a flag of Hanuman and yeah. Um, so Panchajanya. Yeah, let me think. The ocean. It's the name of a yeah, well a conscious is an ocean. Right? A conscious. Help me out here. Conch comes from the ocean? Shell. Conch shell? Yeah, it's like a shell. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shell. <laughs> So pancha means like five, right? Like five. Punch, yeah, pancha, yeah, I don't know, yeah, I don't know the details of that, but that there definitely is a history to that, unless we read it in the purport, which we should have read. It doesn't say, okay, yeah, I don't see it. Okay, um, let's see. So yeah, what I wanted to see, if um, presumably you read those verses and purports, and also Burijan's comments. Um, and hopefully there was something that was new for you, either in Prabhupada's purports or in Burijan's comments. So I, I saw Chris's head nodding first, so would you like to share what was... I wasn't, I wasn't going to nodding at first, I was just nodding at that. There was a lot of new things that I discovered. You remember one? Uh, there's two significant ones. Hmm? There's two significant ones I remember very clearly. Okay. One was, uh, one was I thought that, you know, um, just talking about Duryodhana's like cunning, the way he was cunning, his word, the way he worded things was yeah. so cunning that the reason he was speaking was to, uh, you know, he was speaking in such a way to like convince uh, Drona Acharya because Dronacharya was having a conflict as to what side to fight on. He, he actually had trained... Uh, the Pandavas. He had trained the Pandavas, and he had trained the certain person who was meant to kill him. And that's why he, <laughs> that's why he said Draupadi was his disciple. So he was kind of being like, it was kind of a sarcastic, look, look, at, look, look at Draupadi. Look Drupad, how, Drupad. Yeah, look and at Draupadi. Draupadi is the wife. Look how arranged he is. And then another one I thought was really interesting was when Burjana uh, went with a... Talk about the verse where he was talking. Uh, he was saying, um, "All the great valiant fighters are." Uh, but he was saying that that Prabhupada translated completely opposite of of uh, Vishwadhati. 
Oh, Vishwana Chakravarta. Yeah, he, he translated completely different because that, that word can mean two things. Yes. So by, by Duryodhana using, or Duryodhana, Duryodhana using that word, he it's was ambiguous. He was both speaking, yeah. he was speaking in double meaning. So it was just like yeah. how, you know, how cunning he was in, in the way he was trying to, you know, when it also talked about how the conch shells were so, you know, how when Bhima blew his conch, it was, he was symbolizing that, you know, there was kind of no hope. Right, because it was Krishna's. That. And he knew that. <laughs> yeah, the blowing of the conch is a symbol of Krishna, actually, like when we blow, have the archive to blow the conch. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, I think it's text 10, where Duryodhana says to Drona and Bhishma, Aparyaptam tadasma kangbalam Bhishma. Yeah, he says, our strength is immeasurable. Our strength is, Im he's, he's, he's bragging. On the one hand, he's bragging. Hey, okay, look, they're powerful, but... Our strength is immeasurable. But another meaning of that aparyaptam is insufficient. So it's just, he's reminding them, okay, we've got to really fight our hardest because it's not a, it's not a done deal. It's not a fait accompli. It's not that we're just necessarily going to win. Although they outnumber the Pandavas, 11 to 7 or 8, 11 Akshohini divisions to 8, why did they... Gurus, the bad guys, have more on their side, number-wise. They had Krishna's army. Right. You know the story of Arjuna and Duryodhana before the war, going to Krishna and Dwarka to beg benediction. <laughs> and where did Duryodhana sit? At his head. At his head. And where did Arjuna sit? At his feet. At the feet. And Arjuna had come first. He was, but he chose the feet. And so when Krishna opened his eyes after resting, he saw Arjuna first at his feet. And so Duryodhana thought, oh no, I've blown it, you know. He saw Arjuna first. So, he, so Krishna gave Arjuna first crack. Okay, what boon do you want? You can, I'll tell you what, you can either have me or my army. So Arjuna, being a devotee, chose Krishna. Because Krishna is the one in front of all the other zeros. <laughs> and Duryodhana was like, yes! I get the army, because he was just going by numbers. So, uh, yeah, they outnumbered the, uh, the Pandavas, I think it was 11 to 7, because there's, I think there's 18 Akshohini divisions that uh, fought at Kurukshetra. But uh, everybody died, as Krishna said when he sang the song, the 11th chapter. Time I am, destroyer of the worlds, and I've come to engage all people, except for you, the Pandavas. All the soldiers here on both sides will be slain. So everybody's going to die except you five. Yes? Wasn't the exception, um, of course, Duryodhana died by Vila, but also Kripacharya and Ashvatthama were still alive? Yeah, Kripacharya, I forget why Kripacharya, why was he still alive? He didn't die, did he? Just nobody killed him. Nobody killed him. I think that's how he was still alive. Something about his sister. Yeah, his creepy. Sister. I forget. I can't remember those. Anyway, yeah. he's I don't think he actually was killed though. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But then Ashvatama, why why didn't he die? Um, because um, he he uh, he was alive at the end because he went in. Of the sons of the Pandavas. I mean, he, if anybody deserved to die, 
Yeah. This guy was like war crime, you know. I mean, they killed one. they killed him without killing him. Yeah. Yeah. And supposedly he's still wandering the earth, you know, disgraced. That was the curse. That was the curse that he would wander forever on earth, or for thirty thousand years, or something. Yeah. Okay, so. Donna Kelly, in your reading, did, did, you, did you have time to read the homework? You know, I didn't read all the way through 26. My brain didn't hear that, but I read it before, and I've been studying, so I feel Okay. Did anything uh, yeah, strike it, you? That absolutely, you absolutely. Where Drupada then performed a sacrifice to obtain a son who will kill Drama, the son of Dristramunya. Dristramunya, yeah. Yeah, later approached Dromacharya to study the military science, getting to the punchlines um, that he trained in, even though he was an enemy, such as the liberality of a Brahmin. And liberality, yeah. That really struck me how there were rules at that time, yeah. and people respected them. And there was a code of behavior, even though the Kurus were Evil. ignoring them. There was a code of behavior, but as the battle went on, Krishna himself broke those codes of behavior, so the Pandavas would win. <laughs> and uh, do you know what code of behavior... Yeah, first of all, Bhishma was in charge of, of the Kuru army. And why was Bhishma, who's a Mahajan, he's one of the twelve great authorities in the Vodhacharya, why was he on the bad guy's side? And Drona too, for that matter. Why were Bhishma and Drona, who were actually great devotees? Um, raise your hand if you know. I think there's probably a, you know, probably two reasons. First reason is that Bhishma is one of, you know, he, Krishna's devotee, and Krishna, you know, his devotees play sometimes the enemy, they play the bad guy for Krishna's pleasure. That's, and that's you know, a rent and internal rasa reason, yeah, it's true. Reason. But externally, do you know why? I heard about him. Isn't there some sort of obligation on their part? They were maintained. They were they were Chaitriyas living in the court of the Kurus, so they were being maintained by the Kurus because they were the they had cheated to get the kingdom and they had it, you know, and so they were Chaitriyas in the court. So if you're whoever's maintaining you, you have to fight for. Them. Yeah, but that wasn't really a. <laughs> Later on, Krishna made a comment about that. But anyway, but yeah, it was Krishna's arrangement. Um, so, okay, so let me just tell you a little pastime. So, uh, at first, Bhishma, you know, he was right through day nine, or it was 18 days, the battle. Day nine, day ten, after day nine. The Pandavas were, actually, they were in danger of losing. And uh, so, uh, Krishna said that uh, you have to go beg Bhishma. You have to go, in because they were in the middle of the night, you know, they, the etiquette was they, they'd fight during the day, and then at night, sometimes they'd be in each other's in tents, you know, and just, it's, it's kind, of, kind of inconceivable. <laughs> and this, as I mentioned, even this went on during the Civil War, the American Civil War, because north against south, sometimes family members were on opposite sides, and then they'd sneak over and they'd, they'd talk amongst themselves during the night. So, so anyway, uh, so Arjuna, yes, it was Arjuna. He went to Bhishma's tent, 
And after day nine, he said, Grandsire, you know, you're the greatest fighter here, even though you're old. You're still uncomfortable. He had a boon that he didn't have to die until he wanted to die. So even though he was old, he was like, he was un unstoppable. He was like, he was mowing down the Pandavas like anything, or the Pandavas army. So how do we, please, um, you're our grandfather, you're our well-wisher, you always protected us, and the crews tried to kill us, and we were kids. And so can you please uh, give us a boon that we can win? Or, or that we can kill you, actually? Because as long as you're in charge, as long as you're alive, we've had it, you know. So Bhishma tells him what to do. He actually told Arjuna uh, how to kill him. And of course, he's unkillable, uh, so, but he told him, so raise your hand if you can tell us the story of, of what Bhishma told Arjuna. Do you know? Yeah, I was wondering if nobody else. Okay. Nobody's putting their hand up. So. So. Do, uh, you don't have to tell the whole story, just in a nutshell. In a nutshell, okay. Well, Diyana thought Bhishma was being a little bit too lenient on the Pandavas. So, um, uh, he went to Bhishma about it, and Bhishma got insulted because he's a Shatriya. So Bhishma said, tomorrow. Well, that's a little bit different. Uh, uh, that's the five arrows. Yes, the five arrows. Oh, no, there's another story. Yeah. Yeah, okay, now I know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah. it was um, when, actually it kind of goes back when... Yeah, it goes far kid, back. Kid, basically kidnaps these three uh, Chandra women, yeah. princesses, and his Bara for his, um, for the crews, kings, so that they could have wives. And one of these women had already given her heart to another man. Right. And so Bishma told her, well, you can go back. But the other man was like, very proud, Chaturya, like, I was defeated by Bhishma, you know, am I going to take his remnants? And he wouldn't accept her. And so she, uh... Because she's, her, been, she's so, been touched by Bhishma, too. Yeah, she's she been touched, yes. And he, did, he didn't want her back, and she was very insulted because she was, like, in love with him. So, long story short, there's another thing that happened with the whole battle of Bhishma and his crew over this. But basically, she ends up going to the forest, and well, she first, then she goes to Bhishma. You, now you must take me. Nobody, yeah, yeah. She goes, I'm trying, will, I was trying to cut it short, but she does go back to Bhishma and say, now you yeah. must take me. And Bhishma refuses because he's taken a vow that he's uh, not going to get married. Right. And so, and she ends up going to through and through tells Bhishma that you have to marry her and make it a fight. And through then comes and tells her, Oh, I'm sorry, I can't defeat Bhishma after they fight for like 20-something days. And so she goes to the forest to do austerities to get a, a body that can kill Bhishma in her next life. And so, in her next life, she's uh, born as, what's his name? Satyaki. Satyaki, Satyaki. And so Satyaki is fighting on the side of the Pandavas. So, okay, so this brings us up to... So when Bhishma, yeah. when Arjuna approaches Bhishma and said, how can we kill you? Yeah. And Bhishma said, okay, here's what you do. You put, you put Satyaki uh, in front of your chariot. Because I know that Satyaki was a woman mm -hmm. just very recently. Yeah. And I will never kill a woman. In fact, one version, I think Radhana Maharaj didn't agree with this, but one version yeah, of the Mahabharata said, said that Satyaki actually 
was born first of all as a woman. And then had a sex change, basically. And then had a sex change, <laughs> became a trans, <laughs> and then became Satyaki. And then so Bhishma do this and said, I, look, I can't, that person was a woman, so I'm not going to. So you just put Satyaki in his chariot in front of you, and so I will never shoot arrows in front at him because he was a woman. And in the meantime, he's going to be shooting arrows at me, and then you can, and then you, he's in front of you, so you'll have cover from him, so you, you'll just be able to put so many arrows in me. And so that's what happened on day 10, I think, 10 or 11, yeah, I think it was 10, yeah, it was 10, uh, that because of what Bhishma had told them, then pretty soon Bhishma, even though he's the greatest fighter, his body became like a pincushion, which is so full of arrows, that just by the force of the weight of those arrows, he just toppled over off of his chariot and was lying on a bed of arrows. Just like a pincushion, his body was like a pincushion. And then, so he was, he couldn't be the commander anymore. So then Drona became the commander. And how did they get rid of, and then <laughs> Drona was also undefeatable. He was, he, because he knew the, all the moves, you know, he taught the Pandavas all the martial arts, and he knew all the viewhas, all the formations. So, uh, but his son was Ashvatthama, and so Krishna said, "Now you just hear. If, if as soon as if Drona ever hears that his son has died in the battle, he will immediately lose his lose his fight. He will lose his fighting spirit. So you have to announce you, you just hear, you who never tell a lie. So Drona will believe you." You have to announce that his son is dead. You have to announce before the day, the start of the day's fighting, or exactly when it happened. I think it was in the thick of the fighting, actually. So, um, so Yudhisthira hesitated because he didn't want to tell a lie because he had he was attached to his reputation as being spotless, you know, truth truth teller. So. <clears throat> um, but Krishna was ordering him. Now you, you call out over the battlefield. And here's how it sounded in Sanskrit. Drona, Ashvatthama, Hatha, Iti. And then what, the last word of what he said was Gajaha. Gaja means elephant. So there was also an elephant in the battlefield named, uh, his name is Ashvatthama. Yeah. Right. And so the last word of what Yudhisthira said was not heard by Drona. All that Drona heard was Ashvatthama Hatha Iti, which means he's, he's killed, he's dead. So as soon as Drona heard that, he, like, he became totally dispirited, sat down in his chariot, and went into uh, Ashtanga because he was a great yogi. And then as soon as Drishtajunya, who had this boon to kill uh, Drona, Came up, he came up behind him. He saw that Drona was, you know, depressed and breaking Chaturya code. Anyway, he just went... He just, because Chaturya code is whoever you face to kill, you have to be on an equal footing. It has to be fair. It's part of Chaturya Dharma. But Drishtajunya, the son of Drupad, he came back, he came in back, around back of Drona's chariot 
and, and just took his sword and went and cut off his head. But by the time that that swing happened, Jonah was gone. He'd already like left out the top of his head, because the mystic yogis leave out the Brahmarandra, the, the, the head chakra, you know, the cerebral chakra. So, so when you when you know through the purports and through the Mahabharata these details, uh, it really becomes juicy, you know, hearing about all these personalities. <laughs> like, uh, Duryodhana uh, mentioned Vikarna. Before the war, the Pandavas announced, they called across the battlefield. It's almost like today, you know, the Republicans and the Democrats, so <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> anyway, it's the, uh, so the, the Pandavas announced, now, if you don't want to fight for the evil Duryodhana, any of you hundred sons of Draupadi, if, you're, if, you, if you want to be on the, we would say, the right side of history, right? if you want to be righteous, we welcome you before the battle begins to come over to our side. Only one Kuru came, and that was Vikarna. Vikarna. Because when Vikarna was in that assembly where Draupadi was disrobed, they were insulting her, he was the only Kuru who objected. He said, this is not right. So Duryodhana just you know, dismissed him as being you know, uh, an enemy of the people. <laughs> so, uh, so Vikarna came over. So Vikarna, he died in the battle. And when Vikarna died, Bhima, who was like the most ferocious person in the whole battlefield, he cried when he saw Vikarna die, because Vikarna was the only Kuru who came over. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, Bhima was so... Uh, when Dushashan, when Dushashan, because uh, when Dushashan, he was the one pulling Draupadi Sari, trying to disrobe her. So when Bhima saw this, and he was being restrained by Yudhisthira, no, no, we can't, we can't stop him. You know, we're, we lost, and she now, our wife, Draupadi, is now, you know, their property. He can do what he wants. So Bhima, like, made a vow right on the spot to Draupadi. He said, I'm going to kill this guy, and I'm going to drink his blood. I'm going to cut out his heart, drink his blood, and then you can uh, wash your hair with the blood. <laughs> so uh, that happened on the battlefield. Okay. Wow, there's a lot there. Anybody else? Yes. Um, you mentioned we were talking about uh, the level playing field, Kavit Anurimans chapters, mm -hmm. and this uh, 20th verse of the book here. Mm -hmm. It talks about how Prabhupada criticized the war in the 1960s and then uh, probably Vietnam, because it was like drafting students, forcing them to battle, they weren't consenting mm -hmm. to being on the side of righteousness, they probably disagreed shooting innocent people from helicopters with machine guns and stuff Yeah, like well that was the least of it. Yeah. You know what happened in My Lai. Yeah, I was one of those protesters. I went to Canada. So, uh, yeah, that's a little... Yeah, uh, no war these days, in case you're wondering, is Dharmic. The last Dharmic war was Kurukshetra. Even World War II. I mean, Americans were doing stuff just as bad as the Nazis, practically. Really, I mean, it's hard to say that, but, uh, yeah. I mean, no, there's no codes, there's no, you know, they don't fight them. 
in a war field. I mean, at least this was fought in a war field. They didn't fight it in Delhi, in Hastinapur. They didn't fight it where innocent people were. But now the wars are just, you know, they're all fought uh, guerrilla style. You know, because, because the people, a lot of the times, elect these leaders. So they have to share in the karma. Plus they're, you know, they're all doing crazy sinful activities. So everybody's implicated. Okay, um, did you, did anybody else have something they noticed, that they learned something from their homework reading? Did you read? I did. Okay. Um, I guess for me in general it was, because the last time I read this, it was very overwhelming hearing all these names and I was just very confused and I was just like reading it to read it, but I didn't understand one word of the whole chapter probably. And now it was a lot easier for me to follow the narrative mm. and understand, so I thought That's that good. was... Almost enjoyable to like hear the story. Almost enjoyable. Yeah. Well, it was enjoyable, but it was a little bit gruesome. But um, one of the things I found interesting was it says that the Kshatriyas <clears throat> sometimes, like they fight for the sake of fighting, they're not always concerned of what side they're on. And I thought that was very confusing. Yeah, you know why they do that? Borjan mentions this in one of his comments. Because they know, because that's their dharma, is to fight. I mean, that's. Yeah, and it, it's and they so they have to fight, and so yeah, but they came from all over the world, and then they no they chose they chose who to fight for, and but why they don't really why the ultimate thing for a chaturya is is what to die in the battlefield, die with their boots on, as John Wayne would say, not die in bed somewhere, but die in the battlefield, and. Uh, and then, because if you die in the battlefield, what's the reward? Krishna mentions this in the second chapter. Yes, oh Partha, happy are the Chaturyas to whom such fighting opportunities come unsought, opening for them the doors of the heavenly planets. You go to heaven, you can enjoy. <laughs> that's, and that's just Karmakanda stuff. That's just, you know, at that point, Krishna was appealing to Arjuna in a material way, because Arjuna was arguing in a material way. Yeah, yeah, they just want to exercise their uh, fighting spirit, and if they get killed, okay, so going as far as unless they got killed, uh, unless they were they were killed by running away, unless they got killed, you know, like we say, shot in the back, and like, like what's going on these days, you know. He's, Racist thing, racist thing. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Another question. So I, I just this thing has been like to my mind since I read it. So like all Krishna says that I've come to destroy all people and this battle except for these Pandavas. And I think about wasn't that like all the chaturias of the world were like there with at the battle of Kurukshetra? So wouldn't that after all the chaturias are gone, you know, it says that you know the, the world is going to of women's going to happen. And that's the next, very good. So, so that's what's happened, isn't it? Well, no, but that's, we'll discuss that next time, because this is a very, Arjuna's reasons for fighting. And we're going to start with Borijan's comments to 27. I didn't quite get there, but if you look at 27, let's just look at them without reading. Look at uh, text 27 and the reasons. This is where Borijan has chosen to identify the five reasons why Arjuna didn't want to fight. 
and they're very interesting. And four of them Arjuna mentions in this chapter. He's about to start mentioning them. And one he says at the beginning of the second chapter, compassion, enjoyment, destruction of family, there you go, fear of sinful reactions, that was the main one. And then in chapter 2, Krishna, uh, Arjuna says, uh, nor do we know which is better, conquering them or being conquered by them. It's like an existential dilemma, right? The sons of Dhritarashtra, whom if we killed, we should not care to live, are now standing before us on this battlefield. Damned if I do, damned if I don't. Why? Because he's making himself the center of the calculation. And that was the basic fault of all the arguments. Although they sound very good, they're all actually good. It's good to be compassionate. It's good to want to enjoy life. It's good to have not destroy the family. It's good not to commit sinful activities. But his fundamental miscalculation was that he was making himself the center of the calculation. And that's why everything without Krishna consciousness ultimately is doomed. It's, it's, it's based on a miscalculation. Can I go? Okay. Okay, so you had a last question? Well, I didn't get to ask my question. Oh, but sorry. I, I can, and maybe I can look it up, or maybe it's a part of the Mahabharata, but I was curious about some of the timelines where you know, the flag of Hanuman is involved, and, and then a, there was a comment about how um, Arjuna had been seeking celestial weapons, and I was just very curious, and then some of the weapons were from different demigods, and I was curious how that okay. happened. Yeah, some of that is in Burjan and Prabhupada's uh, comments, but what happened was when 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 Arj Krishna made a last bid for peace, and we went to the Kuru assembly, and he said, "Look, just keep the Pandavas five villages. They don't. We don't want a bloodbath here. We don't want to." And then Duryodhana, Duryodhana made his famous comment, "I won't give them as much land as can fit under the head of a pin." And so Krishna thought, "Okay, this is this guy's incorrigible. We got to." Because Krishna, he wanted the good guys to rule the world. He didn't want the bad guys. So if they at least agreed to give the Pandavas villages and then let the Pandavas have some kind of say in how the world was going to be governed, then Krishna would have even been satisfied. But that was it. That's one explanation of how, why the war happened. But actually, as soon as Draupadi was dishonored, that was the real thing. <laughs> Krishna, okay, this is it. These guys are they're all going to, they got to go. Um, yeah, for the different histories of, yeah, so, oh, so why did I bring that up? Because once it was, it was determined that there's going to be a war. Okay, we're on a war track here, we're on a war path. Then both sides started to gather forces, and Arjuna, he was, getting boons. Uh, he got a boon from Lord Shiva, celestial weapon, celestial weapons, and then, um, yeah, the, uh, the flag marked with Hanuman, this was a boon, and Agni donated the chariot, the fire god. I'm not sure timelines, but, uh, but yeah, they, 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 so the Pandavas got, you know, these boons from demigods, because they were godly people. And then the other no, he just got he just thought he had it made with Krishna's army. <laughs> we, were, we got him outnumbered, overwhelming, deadly force. 
It's a done deal. And how long ago did Kurukshetra happen? 5,000 years ago. And you can still go there. Anybody been there? Okay. It's not, it's about two hours north of Delhi in uh, Haryana. Uh, or is it in UP? No, it's in Rajasthan. I forget exactly. I think it's in Haryana. Yeah, little state in India. So you can st you can go there. There's a as Prophet says they say they say Battle of Kurukshetra was a myth, to some story. But you can still go to uh, and he names the railroad line and it's a Kurukshetra stop. <laughs> you can get off the train, and uh, you can go to the battlefield. And to this day, there's uh, I, I believe it's part of the tour. You see how the, the whole earth is different. It's, it's more reddish. It's like the blood is still there. <laughs> Literally, the whole earth was stained red. And you can still go to the tree. I don't know if it's the actual tree. Probably not, but it's the, it could be a descendant of the tree. There's a spot at Kurukshetra named Jyoti Sar. Jyoti Light, Sar Essence. So the essence of light. And that's the spot where Krishna stopped in the middle of the armies. Yeah. See on the cover of Surrender underneath. No man's land and in between the armies armed to the teeth. And Krishna sang the Gita to Arjuna at Jyotisar. I've never been there either, but I'd love to go there someday. And years ago we got some land there, and I think it just recently something started to develop. Prabhupada had a big plans for Kurukshetra to develop some big cultural complex. Is the land designated? Is it empty? I don't know. I just saw something not long ago on Dandavats about what, because the devotees have had the land, but then they didn't do much. They put something small there, just to, you know, because, uh, yeah. But it's not been developed. Not yet, but it's, on, it's, it's something's That's finally happening. Right they finally got some, I think they got some backing. What's uh, homework? Homework is part two of chapter one, text 28 through 46, as it is, and surrender unto me. And, uh, and please read it so you have something new to bring to the table. Bring your questions, bring your appreciations. What did you say in the 46? 28. To 46. It's Arjuna's. It's why he doesn't want to fight. Okay, thank you. Okay, thanks for coming. Thank you. Very nice. See you later, Prabhupada.